So do you do you feel like you're kicking a dog while it's down? I feel like I'm kicking a demon while it's down. So everyone, welcome to another episode of Where Will You Go? And I have Forrest from Latter-day Skeptic here. He has a little YouTube channel. And I'll make sure I put that in the notes. Go ahead and tell us a little bit about your channel first. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'm Forrest. I run the channel Latter-day Skeptic. Uh, really, it's a new project that I've been working on. I think I've been running it for like maybe six months. And it's mostly inspired because my brother had a channel and I was getting irritated in the comment section. <laughs> so I decided I should just start my own pro or my own uh, YouTube channel. So All right, just was... in case, just in case people don't know, who's your brother? Oh, my brother is Jacob Hansen. He runs a channel, uh, Thoughtful Faith. Okay. Not a Thoughtful Faith, which is very different. <laughs> okay. Um... All right. What's your what's your background? What's your tie to the Latter Day Saint religion? So yeah, I was born and raised in the church um, from Nevada, not Utah. Not depending on your own opinions, if that makes a difference. Um, was I'm an active member? Very typical story up until about I'd say eighteen years old, um, and some people I think see this in a bad way but to me it was like the mission was kind of coming down the pipe and it was like wait a minute do I actually believe this like can I go and tell people I already had a hard time like bearing my testimony I felt like every time I did I would like you know grab onto things like I know the word of wisdom is you know I have a testimony of the word of wisdom or like practical things but like any of the spiritual stuff I kind of just avoided and so when it you know rubber really you know met the road I was like I don't actually think I believe in this stuff. Um, and that was right when I was starting to go to college. So I went to BYU Hawaii for a year and then it was there. I was, and I was honest to, at, to, with my bishop. I was like, I don't believe this stuff anymore. Um, I still, you know, was a full tithe payer, went to church because that's uh, what BYU requires. But, um, and I had a bunch of great friends that I love there and we had a great time. But at that point I would say I, that was pretty much when I left. So do you think you'd be where you're at? Um, well, I guess, tell me about your siblings, I guess. Like, okay, yeah. what, what, so what, I, brought, what brought your faith to, uh, not your faith, your belief to a point where you're like, I don't really believe this stuff. Like, was it all so internal I, so I'll or answer, I'll answer outside? This, um, I'll answer my faith. Uh, yeah, I have an answer for this. Um, so honestly, for the most part, my belief was an internal thing to me. And I always thought it was interesting when people are like, why'd you leave the Mormon church? Um, obviously, there's like kind of the caricature that no one really believes anymore of like, oh, you left because you wanted to sin. Mm -hmm. But to me, I was like, there's only one real reason to leave. And it's if you don't believe it. And right. to me, it was pretty black and white. It was just like, uh oh, I don't believe this anymore. Like, I guess that means I'm not a Mormon anymore. <laughs> and I thought that's how it worked. And I still kind of think that's how it works. 
Um, but when I, once I made that, I guess you would call that, um, what is that? Pimo. So I was, or is that right? Physically and yeah, physically and mentally out. So like, I think a lot of people get to that point. And then the next part, which is actually physically leaving the church and stop attending or stop your attendance. Um, that was a little easier for me because at that point I probably had three or four siblings. I have a pretty big family of seven siblings and a good half of them had already left. So it wasn't like this whole new concept that was, you know, something that, you know, I was going to blaze some new trail. Um, it was much more like, Oh, I left, you know, I don't believe in this anymore. I guess I just stopped going like, you know, my other siblings. Interesting. Like you don't have a shelf moment, a shelf crashing moment or anything like no big. I mean, I think I, I have shelf items. I can't remember the moment so much, but I think the biggest shelf crasher for me was the book of Abraham. When you found out about that. Yeah, I found out. I, I started Googling it I, again. I probably already was having doubts and started Googling stuff and was like, Oh my gosh, like none of these texts match. Um, And when was that? That was probably when I was, and again, that in terms of like the, the stereotypical Mormon shelf breakers, that was probably it. But I, I, I had never really been a spiritual person and I've always lacked a belief in the supernatural. Always? So any kind of like. No, not even any hope for it. Oh, I'd say I, I definitely had hope. Like to me, my, my emotional testimony, honestly, was probably built off of like EFY. It was like, I went to EFY, I think five times and I loved it. And now I look back and I see it more as, um, I don't know, maybe like emotional manipulate manipulation almost like just a bunch of young kids all together with happy music and friends. And you're singing these really pretty songs. And I'm like, man, I feel great. And so I would go home and I would say, oh, that was the spirit. I felt the spirit at EFY. Um, but then, and these are pretty typical stories, but I would feel the spirit all over the place. You know, I'd feel it when I would, you know, sing the national anthem or I would feel it when I watched a fake, you know, watch Wally or something like there's, I started to realize like, oh, this is just an emotional response I have to things that I like mm -hmm. um, or things that I think are good. So I've always kind of had that, like that doubt of the supernatural to begin with. And I think that was probably the reason I had a weak shelf to begin with. And so as soon as there was like evidence against Mormonism, it was just like, yeah, this makes sense to me. Oh man, that's interesting. Yeah, you're, that's a lot different <laughs> for me. I think we're similar in that, like I, and my memory's terrible and I've already recounted this. So who knows if this is just because I'm saying it a lot, but, but I have memories of like in seminary being like, it's a really good thing that I was born in the church because I wouldn't be buying this stuff. <laughs> like, like I remember having thoughts like that. And as far as like never having any, like praying to see if the Book of Mormon is true. And I never had a moment where I was like, that was such a powerful experience. Like, I don't think I know what people are talking about when they have those powerful spiritual experiences. I, I don't, I've never experienced that. The closest thing I have are just little moments of, um, memorable like moments but I've had those since I've left too so it's like I just have never had anything that 
I can't deny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting because I feel like our personalities are similar in that way. But I still had like the church had my loyalty. I'm sure. Maybe that's a better question. When did when did you when did the church no longer have your loyalty? Maybe that's so, a better question. So the the ch and I will say like the church had my loyalty very much. So I went to a Catholic high school and my best friend is Catholic and he's similar to me in that like and apparently my family were like we're, we like to argue and debate. So I remember one of the I we actually I think he came to school junior year and we ended up hanging out for I think it was probably the first time we'd hung out in person. Uh, when we we hung out at school, but like outside of school, and we debated Mormonism versus Catholicism for like two hours. <laughs> and so like I was in and I was about it, right. but I was about it not in an emotional way, much more in like the you guys believe in the Trinity and that doesn't make any sense because if you look in these scriptures right here, they seem like they're talking to different people. You know that kind of yeah. uh, uh, that was where my arguments lied. Um, so the church had my loyalty very much so growing up and I very much identified as a Mormon and loved it all. And I, like I said, I did everything. I did church basketball, church dances. I went to EFY five times and I'm pretty right. sure you're supposed to only go four times. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also think it was like my parents way of being like, this is the only way to get him to be like emotionally invested in the church. Maybe we should keep sending him. Um, what else? Yeah. Like state conferences. I mean, I did it all and I love right, it That's all. what I mean. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to gauge like that moment where. Yeah. So were... the moment I, I feel like I, maybe this is, I, I think I was in priesthood quorum and I was like, I can't go on a mission. Like I can't go tell people that this stuff is true because it felt like I like almost felt like I was having like an out of body experience and like looked around and was like, wait a minute, you oh. guys are saying you actually think this is real. Like if you re round the, you know, you, you wound the, the clock back, like all of a sudden you'd see this stuff. And I'm like, no, I don't actually believe that. Uh oh, this is a problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I that think was, the that church that lost my loyalty. About then. Oh, it's weird. I actually think I probably lost my belief before my loyal i lost my loyalty right so i would say yeah, I had, me the, too, the, the church sure. probably had my loyalty for like probably while i was at byu i was at byu hawaii i was still um pretty like pro mormonism i actually have a funny story and maybe an embarrassing story of i i remember when i told my mom that i was not about it anymore <laughs> i think i verbatim said mom, don't worry. Like, I just don't believe in this stuff. It's not that I think Mormonism is bad. Like, I don't understand these people that are fighting against the church. <laughs> like, that's how me. Don't worry. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh how that is a phase. Change. That's I feel for bad. sure a phase. <laughs> oh, that's true. I think I jinxed myself. <laughs> oh, so. Oh, sorry. Can I add one more piece to yeah. that? Yeah. But then I didn't drink alcohol. I drink alcohol now, but I didn't drink for years after I left the church. Um, so that was still very much something like, and not only did I not drink, I was like very, even with people that I was friends with, was like still vocal about why I thought it was a bad idea. Hmm. So like the word of wisdom part was like the part that hung on the longest. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah.
again, because I, I thought I could make rational arguments for why it was a bad idea. That's actually a really good point. I did the same thing. I made a lot of rational arguments for stuff while I was, I lost my belief, but I was, my loyalty was still there. One of them was tithing. And so that one took me a while, actually. Wait, so you paid tithing even after you lost your, I mean, I guess I did too, just because I was up with you and I, I said I would. Um, I had the hardest time with it. My husband helped me. <laughs> you had the hardest time with paying or with stopping paying? Stopping. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. It's one of the first things I would stop. Yeah. So I, yeah, I definitely wanted to keep paying fast offerings because that was kind of more local, right? And then. Do you mind no. if I, so, so is that, so when you're saying you were having, or I had you a hard make time rational arguments, what were kind of the general argument or what was the general argument? Well, it wasn't. It was just that, like, as a society, if people don't, like, do that, then it's not good, right? Like, and I actually still believe that a little bit. I just don't know where to pay the 10%. <laughs> well, it, it, so, did you believe your, like, 10% was going to good causes? Is that – or was it more just um, a, a sacrifice of, hey, we need to, like, show our willingness to give up what we have? I, I feel like everyone can live 10% less than they make. Um and I understand there's a lot of poor people, but I think those poor people aren't making it with the full amount either. <laughs> like, I, I just, I don't see 10% as being the breaking point for very many people. Um, and so I felt like it was a good, it was just a good practice to do as an individual too. Like it, it was good for a person to do. <laughs> not just the place that they're giving their money to. So, and I was, I don't know, I guess I was a little bit worried that if I stopped paying tithing that, um, I don't know what I was worried about. And we, we definitely donate. We don't, we don't donate as much now, like, to be honest, like we have less money leaving our house now. And I, I kind of feel bad about that, and I'm kind of wondering if we should budget 10% to go to ward um, things. But, but you could you could crunch the numbers on what percentage of your tithing was actually going to to help anybody. Yeah, that's true. Um, but we definitely donate more outside the church now than we ever have because we just like here's here's an example. Well, I don't want to it. Let's just say that we have some expendable income, so and friends have problems we're able to be there for our friends and family so like i just i don't think it's a bad thing um i don't i don't know don't know how to explain it <laughs> yeah no, I, mean, it, I, I think it, i think it makes sense but like yeah. is that something you used to believe or is that that sounds like it's still a, a belief um it's uh it, it's not I mean, I'm not living it, right? So I don't believe enough to do it anymore. But I kind of wonder if I'm not doing the right thing there still. So, yeah, I guess it kind of still is a belief. But I didn't. I couldn't justify giving another penny to the church. They have over $100,000 of ours. So that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> yep. That's more than they deserve. Anyways. Side note, sorry. 
That wasn't about me. I'm interviewing you. So, uh, yeah, I was trying to pinpoint when you lost your loyalty because I was just fascinated by that. I was trying to figure that out. Yeah, so it sounds it, just like... to give a quick, it'd probably be like kind of rough numbers, 19 maybe, you know, I lost my belief, 20 to 21, lost my loyalty, and then probably about 20, probably 21, I, I was not going to church anymore. All right, so it's toward the end of, of that. Yeah, for me, it was like... And, uh, and that's years old, not 20. Oh, the year. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like for me, it was uh, around 2016 where I started to realize, like, I don't believe, like, I, I remember the moment where I was like, I don't know if I believe that Joseph Smith did what he said he did. And then it was like three years, maybe, that I finally fessed up to my husband. <laughs> but even then, during that period, I would Sorry, say. Even, did, you say, did you say three years or a year? Three years. Ooh. But I would say during that three years. Like, I didn't even know for sure if that thought that I had when I thought about Joseph Smith, like, I remember having the thought, but I don't know that I ever, inter- like, knew what that meant. I never said anything out loud. I never wrote in a journal. I never, I never formulated the idea of what that meant, you know, if that makes yeah, sense. And, and it's I really like hard to describe has, thoughts. But And also, the church has done a pretty good job at, like, you know, embracing the idea that we all have doubts. So like, mm-hmm. I guess you didn't necessarily feel like you stood out. You're like, Oh yeah, this is just in line with what we teach. We have doubts. Yes. Sometimes. But at the same time, I felt like all those talks that like make you feel good about doubting, they tell you that there's an end goal that you won't feel like that anymore. <laughs> and that wasn't happening. So I still felt broken for sure. It wasn't, it wasn't good, but, um, so that's interesting. Um, would you say, okay, so you were motivated to start your YouTube channel. Um, so, okay, what what's your goal, I guess, of, of your channel then? The goal of my channel. <laughs> I feel like yeah. I should have a polished answer for this, but I definitely don't. Um, I'm a little Just bit. Just to rebut, kind of... rebut Jacob Hansen's channel. <laughs> <laughs> So that wasn't exactly, so actually I, uh, that reminds me. So initially, and when I talked to him about it, cause I actually made the channel and then I wanted to get a little bit of traction. I think I told him, I was like, I made a channel. I'm not telling you the name yet. Um, sorry, dog's barking. And I was like, so I, I kept it quiet for a little bit. And then I saw him in person and I was like, oh, by the way, here's my channel name. Um, and he actually gave me some good advice. He helped me with my, he actually helped me with the light and lighting setups and all this other stuff which I appreciated. So one of the things is you, you meaning might laugh and purpose about, of your channel. Yeah, you may laugh at this now, but like, so I've been, I've been around YouTube for a long time and I think I've only really been in the Mormon world in like a very narrow sense. So when I talked to Jacob, I said, I just don't think there's very many like somewhat conservative, like ex Mormons. So I think there's a space here I can fill. <laughs> And then once I get going, I realize like there's, there is a space. It's just a, a less known space. Right. And so that was initially, and I will say, I think I've done a bad job at like, maybe I've gone too much. You guys actually talked about this in your episode with my spiritual life. Um, sorry. Remember your name one more time. X Morgan. Well, Morgan. 
Morgan. She calls X, X, X Morgan. Morgan. I, I love that. With X Morgan, you guys talked about this. Um, basically, like, uh, not audience capture, I don't think, but it's basically like you start getting a, a you know traction and applause in one direction, and you start to feed that, and next thing you know, you've kind of lost who you are. So mm -hmm. I am a little bit nervous about that, and I think initially I came out, and that was the direction. I was like, wait, I was supposed to be like this conservative voice. And like, although I'm very passionate about like the gay issue, like I ended up making a lot of videos kind of talking about that issue. And a bunch of people were like, this is our, our guy on the left. I love him. And I'm like, wait a minute. You don't <laughs> want to make your fan base. I'm like, that's your little not... fan base mad. <laughs> Sorry people. And like, I actually made a video um, about Matt Walsh too. And like, I'm not saying I was pandering in those. I'm just saying I think I probably don't have a great ratio of, you know, my initial goal was to like present a conservative voice. And then I, and again, I don't even believe that, especially now amongst conservative youth, like the gay issue isn't a left issue, but it definitely has the image when that's all you talk about that you are on the left. Sure. I think the position I do have a strong opinion on is I don't think the government, I'm actually on, on board with the government not being involved in marriage period and leaving mm -hmm. it as a religious institution. But once the government is involved, I, I don't think it's fair. And honestly, it's not even so much that it's, I don't see religious people having a good solution for what gay people should do. Yeah. That's, That's very good the, point. I had that exact same thought only like yesterday. I was thinking about that. I think that celibacy and or mixed orientation marriages are a bad idea. Yeah. Celibacy, I think, is a bad idea. Mixed orientation marriage, I'm pretty like, I don't think it's a good idea, but I'm open to, I just, to me, it's the same as saying like, hey, marry someone that you're not attracted to. And I don't yeah, think it was, that's it a was John Dillon's TED Talk that changed my mind on that. When he did that survey with Latter Day Saint people that were gay, and oh, I can't, I can't remember it. Um, he just there was there's I can't remember how many oh, how many he surveyed, but out of I think it was over a thousand people, not one was able to change the orientation. And my my view up to that point was that it was a, not a choice necessarily. Like I understood that people definitely leaned one way but i had a hard time believing that anybody was 100 percent one way or the other maybe that says more about me than other people but <laughs> no i actually i think that's kind of been the the game changer and i don't know i'll throw out a number like the last 10 years of like it's becoming more accepted that this is not a choice and that changes like the whole equation it does if it sure. is a choice, then you can say, hey, mixed orientation marriage or be celibate and then kind of work on it and maybe it'll work out. But if it's not a choice and you're like st stuck that way, then you have to, I don't know. Yeah. And like, I'm all for tradition. Like I, that's kind of why I'm more conservative leaning. And so let's just say that you are bisexual. I think there is one choice that is better than the other. Like if I had a kid that was bisexual, I would probably just say, hey, like one of these paths has been done before and and one of these paths well, is fairly new and, and so, i think you could I mean... <laughs> make a good case too that one of these paths you can't have children naturally right and one of these paths you can so i agree that i think 
that there's a, a good case to be made for heterosexual couples. The pro that, but that's just not the stuff I'm talking about. The stuff I'm typically talking about is you have a gay person and Mormonism's only choice is be celibate or mixed orientation marriage. And I'm like, this is a losing strategy. There's no way this can be the right option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know how we got on that issue. Well, in you were just talking about your channel and how uh, you're in LA, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. So I was talking <laughs> about my channel and how I, I, I came on to be. So I, I've done two. For one, I projected myself probably not in the most conservative light, um, which hopefully changes. I also, in general, I kind of want to like slowly, maybe not steer away, but widen my scope to be a little bit more about you know, theology in general and, and religion in general, more than just the Mormon issues. Um, but the other thing I noticed is there are, can, I don't, and maybe you can help me, help me with this a little bit, but I didn't know about other conservative YouTuber, ex-Mormon YouTubers. And now they seem to be popping up all over the place. And I don't know if that's just because I'm getting onto YouTube and I'm seeing them, or if there's kind of a resurgence of, of uh, conservative ex-Mormons? Um, I wouldn't know. I don't, I don't think there's any like MAGA. Uh, not that you have to be a MAGA, like MAGA oh, conservative. Oh. I mean, I wouldn't call Chris Hanna a conservative. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't call. Flip so a I almost, maybe, maybe what I mean is anti-woke. Maybe yeah. that's what I mean. <sighs> yeah. There's, there's a few, I guess. I, I hate the political spectrum in general, but I, I guess I would still consider myself on the conservative side, but I really more mean I'm not woke and I'm classical liberal, which a lot of the times you get bucketed. Now you're, that makes you a conservative. <laughs> yeah. You're a Bill Maher conservative. <laughs> I'm a little bit of a Bill Maher conservative. <laughs> no, that's kind of interesting. I would even, I don't even like the term anti-woke. Um, I know too many people that are like totally social justice warrior and stuff. And I think they're good people. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to describe it. I just, uh, I would like to build bridges. Like, I think it's important to talk to people and we're losing that ability. It seems like, cause we can go find a YouTube channel where somebody says everything we like to hear and we don't have to be challenged at all. And so that's where we gravitate. So it's, we're all in our little echo chambers. I, that's what I feel like is happening. So, so I don't really mean to necessarily create, like that was my purpose too. Like I wanted, I didn't understand, like this is my perspective. And I've heard Chris Hanna say this on his channel too, which is something like the thing that made you stop believing in Mormonism is the thing that's actually being attacked by your politics now. Does that make sense? So like science Science is like the thing, right? That a lot of Mormons are like, well, you can't be a fundamental, like literal religious type person because of all of these facts, right? And then um, I would say, if you get really, really deep into um, like a lot of, it depends on who, right? And obviously there's a whole spectrum of people of people that are social justice warriors and people that care, you know, care about the marginalized and they're all, 
Oh, how th- I'm trying to frame it in a way that they would accept, right? Like, I don't like using the term woke because that's been turned into a negative term now and they don't like that. But, um, but I hear people uh, talking allies, about, maybe. well, yeah, I, I hear people talking about uh, doing away with uh, tests, for example. That's like one that will come up a lot. And there's just a lot of ideas and, and then just like having 50% women in engineering, that's one that bugs me a lot. And then um, having like, at some point, if you are after 50% and you're not caring about the test, it's like, this is going to cause problems. <laughs> like, like there's, it's already hard enough to be competent, like in, in these professional degrees and stuff. And I think it's a really bad idea to like have that be your focus because it's, not going to take long before things stop working (laughs) so before bridges start to collapse yeah and just and just the quality of stuff just goes really bad like and if you are serious about climate and stuff like that and you want to solve these problems you need competent people like you can't be going after like these equity things like i don't know like there are real problems like and you're not going to solve them with that Anyway, it's it's not scientific to do that. <laughs> like science says the test works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyways. Yeah. It, it sounds like you're anti-woke in all but name only. Yeah. That's I I guess I just I don't like being anti anything. <laughs> I'm telling you being anti things can be good. Maybe. Things can go too far too though. No, definitely. There's definitely like a reactionary, like I don't want to be reactionary. Does that make sense? I think the way that you don't be reactionary is that you be for something, right? So I'm for competence. So if something is not for competence, then I'm just going to have a conversation with you and I'm going to try to explain to you why we need competence and expertise. Yeah, so I basically agree with, I agree with that. I just don't think it's um, a zero-sum game or one or the other, like, I think for one, there might be a lot of times where you weren't forward thinking, but now that it's in your face and you're seeing a problem, now I got to stand up. And then from now on, I can be for that. Yeah, say, say that again. I don't follow. So basically like it, it, ideally you're, you stand for something before anything happens. And then when something happens, you say like, Hey, I I'm for this and you guys are opposed to that. I'm going to, instead of being ec- or against that thing, but sometimes you may not have thought about it and then all of a sudden something bad is happening and you analyze the situation and you're like, oh gosh, I'm definitely against." And again, it's in one of my videos. I, I present the idea that like anytime you're against something, it's because you're standing for something else. And so I do think ex-Mormons can do a better job at like framing everything as if what they're standing or like as in a way that's what they're, you know, what they're standing for. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think they're really different. Do you feel like, I don't know, like kind of how I worded it earlier. So did, do you, do you feel like you're kicking a dog while it's down? Is there a part of you that feels that way at least or not at all? So I, I'll, I'm going to say this in a, uh, what's the best word for it? And not a derogatory, a crazy way but i feel like i'm 
kicking a demon while it's down. Like, I agree that it's down. I just don't agree that it's a dog. Like... I see. I I think the church... And... So, like, I, I have a hard time answering that. Is it net good or net bad? That's a little bit harder for me to answer. But I see a lot of problems in my life, in other people's lives. And then I also project you know, the way I felt and I'm assuming there's other people that feel that way and you hear right. Mormon stories. And so I think if people click on my channel and volunteer to listen to my content, that the stuff I'm saying may and hopefully will help them and make their lives a net positive. Mm -hmm. um, like I, I disagree with the idea that like, in my most recent video, I, like, I don't agree, this is, and hopefully this doesn't get taken out of context, I don't agree with the idea that you are your brother's keeper. I think you're your brother's support, and you're your brother's helper, but it is not your responsibility to force them to go somewhere. It is not your responsibility to make their life good, but it is your responsibility to be there whenever you can to help when they need help. Mm -hmm. And so I think, I think that's kind of what RFM is getting at, and the idea of being a, someone's keeper to me seems more like a babysitter or it seems more like you are a shepherd herding sheep and it's your responsibility to make sure that they get from point A to point B safely. And I think that is a Mormon mindset. And mm -hmm. I think if anything, it's my responsibility to help people um, be able to determine their own path and not be kept by anybody. Mm -hmm. So let me make sure I'm understanding correctly. Um, so you're saying it's okay to be Cain. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it's a joke. Because uh, <laughs> isn't that where that comes from, right? Anyways, uh, no, I, I think that's fair. Um, but I will say this. It is pretty easy to be critical of stuff, right? Because there's always everyone's always being a hypocrite at one point or another, right? And and everyone is, um, I, there's no perfect system out there. There's not going to, you're not going to find perfection in anything. It's going to be really easy to tear stuff down. Like, I think that's, I'm, I guess I have a hard time seeing how that in this day and age <laughs> where that seems to be like the hobby, the pastime of people is just being cynical about things. Oh, I think part of it is just we have so much information available to us and maybe we've got gotten cynical because we've realized so much of what we believed is all not accurate. Yeah. And we've also now have seen even like stuff like science that we put a lot of weight into, you know, adapt and change, which is a good thing, but it still makes you cynical. Now it's like, you know, what do you believe in at that point? Yeah. Well, I guess instead of taking taking the uh the path of kicking the demon while it's down why not try to do something more along the lines of like direct people's attention to like an angel you know what i mean wouldn't that do the same thing because this is where i think um well would it do the same i think part of it is I think everyone should choose their own path. If, if, if it was, you know, maybe I could highlight, I could do a better job at like highlighting things, 
But it's like, I'm not here to tell you what will give you meaning in your life. Like, that's like what a Mormon missionary does. A Mormon missionary Sure. says like, you should be aiming at Jesus. You should be living this way. And I'm not in that business. And I don't want to be in that business. I don't think people should be in that business. I am here, maybe not so much on YouTube. But if someone says, hey, Forrest, I need help. Or, hey, do you have advice? I'm really struggling in this way. Obviously, yeah, you sh like a good human being should do that and, and be there. But You know, this keeps getting back to the idea of like a, a landing pad or like, you know, why tear down someone else's ship if you are just going to leave them to drown in the ocean. And my response has always been like, I, first of all, I just reject the whole framing. But I really think that what you're doing is letting them choose their own destiny versus forcing them down a certain path. Mm -hmm. I think there's a possibility that that is true, though. I think that there, uh, yeah. I don't know You, if I had you a rhythm. think it's pot. So I, I'm not saying I'm definitely not saying that it's possible that you take Mormonism away from somebody and their life just tump, like crumbles. Yeah. But this is and I had gotten into it a little bit with Jared and Chris on on porch time. But are it, it, you know, don't you see a level of arrogance and or are you kind of acting you know do you think you're arrogant enough to make that decision you're almost making that decision for somebody like hey i'm not going to treat you like an adult because i'm afraid that you can't handle the truth and that's the way that comes off to me when i hear people make that argument like hey maybe you shouldn't say anything because maybe they can't handle it and to me Well, I, I it's don't know not that that. comes off It's not it's not quite that. It's more it's more like like Mormon think is already there and there's just stuff already out there. Um I mean it's, it's the same way I, I press Bill Real a little bit. Um just trying Yeah, to understand I, I did hear that. I'm just trying to understand that that like if you're gonna if you're gonna cover Mormonism, why not okay. Here's a better way to frame it. <clears throat> so, and this is way, this is something I've thought of. What I find when you're in the ex-Mormon world is they can't say anything nice about the church. That seems just as one-sided as when I was in church and they couldn't say anything bad about the church. Like, that's not truth. That's not reality, right? Like, and so... Everybody leaves the church and says, oh, I'm truth seeker. I'm seeking the truth. And they can't say anything nice about the church. And Bill Real says he can't say anything nice about the church in good conscience. And that's his, his why. So, and I, I guess you don't necessarily fall in line with that. Like you will sometimes Well, I'm actually, do. You... I'm in, did Bill, I didn't know Bill Real said that. And what does he mean by that? Because I almost never, I think it's kind of also my, I think my life Well, no, settings what is I changing. asked, What I asked was, I said, well, why not? You're, you know, he has his 10,000 hours of Mormonism. So why not do full coverage? Like, why not do the good, bad, and the ugly? Why just the ugly? And he said that he can't in good conscience cover the good. Yeah, I, my response would be like, that's not the mission of my channel to just be a unbiased, you know, uh, survey of the landscape of Mormonism. It's to present the arguments against the faith. Mm-hmm.
but I, I'm totally willing to accept arguments against what I have, and I hope people present them. But I see, I, like it's just so it you're really... seems like outside of my topic to be like, wow, Mormons are doing a great job with the Boy Scouts, which they got rid of. But like it just seems outside. Oh of... well, no, I and I can't say I I can think of anything specific that you've done that falls in line with this. But what I see going on is maybe shallow arguments going on in the ex-Mormon world where it's just not fair. Like they'll, my best, I said this on my spiritual life episode where it's like, you'll give an argument and you'll say, Hey, look how terrible the church is. And you're just pulling out a thing that all humans do. And it's like, well, okay. Yeah, that is a bad thing. But I mean, I think ex-Mormons do that too. (laughs) So. So I definitely think that's a problem. Like, you know, trying to figure out the cause of certain things is challenging. So, like, you can't blame anything negative that a Mormon does on Mormonism. I totally agree with that. Oh, but, yeah. So, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, just to go along those lines, like, another way to frame it is be like, there's not any benefit of the doubt going on. Like, you don't, and, and I think you really should do benefit of the doubt. Like, if you, you can't mind read, you can't tell the future, you can't get in people's intent. And I think because of that, if you want to have a good, if you want to be convincing too, I, for yourself or for the betterment of communication, like I think it's better to give people the benefit of the doubt than it is to assume bad intent. But bad intent is always assumed. Well, I, I agree. And I typically don't do that. What I do is I leave the people out of it and just try to talk about ideas ideas, or even like doctrine. Like in, in my most recent video, for example, I actually made a an argument that there's all these bad things in Mormonism and, and good things. So I made an argument in my last video that there's all these good things in Mormonism, in Mormonism and bad things. Um, but the bad things are unique to Mormonism. And I, I, I named things like everything from superficial stuff that still kind of matters like garment wearing and what kind of dress you can wear to prom, you know, and I'm not talking like, obviously there's modesty standards in secularism, secularism as well, but you know, things like, is it okay for, to show your shoulders, like stuff that we basically agree on at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, But all the way to like, you know, the, the gay issue, temple marriages, not having family members there, like, those I attribute to Mormonism because it's the unique doctrine. And then the good things that I attribute to Mormonism, which I list out, I say aren't unique. Like you can find community, you can have a good family. I'm not saying it's not harder, but it's not unique to Mormonism. So ideally you can have the best of both worlds. You don't have the bad and you get to keep all the good. But in practice, that's challenging in a lot of ways. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I just like, and I think that, um, I don't know. I, I think that there are some things, the way that the church organizes um, itself is pretty unique. And it seems to be, it, work, it works quite well, it seems. I don't know. Yeah, but my question would be, what's the benefit? And then we'll, we can analyze if that, can you have that without Mormonism? I don't think there's any other church where you can move like halfway across the world and still be in the same church. So, I get well, it, Catholicism. Well, I mean, like, like Catholicism, yeah. 
but there's also like do you mean church maybe not church but there's definitely communities that you could be a part of you still have to do your church shopping and stuff it's hard it's, it's there's nothing quite like mormonism i don't know i'm not saying i mean you could also probably play some negative to that too like there is some benefit in trying to get to know your community and that church finding experience for people is probably um helpful for trying to get to know people i guess i don't know but yeah or, or you move across the country and you just become a hermit because you're an ex-mormon and you don't have a community this is probably <laughs> the more likely thing right now yeah that's true no, I don't know. I guess, um, let me put it this way. The way I'm looking at it, and I don't know, I don't know why, but I guess, you know how you were, what you said to your mom, and you said, I hope, I, I, I don't know, I'm not going to become one of those people that are like mean, because, you know, like, there's no reason to do that. Like, I'm just leaving. That's it. I guess there's part of, I, I feel like I've kind of moved back into that, that mindset. That's the best way to describe it. So it's just, I don't see the point of a lot of the attack, I guess. So, yeah. So, and it's hard to, I'll, I'll say the main reason I am aggressively against the church is for practical effects that I, negative effects I see the church having now on people close to me yeah but i think and i think midnight mormons makes this um argument they'll say something like hey it's actually john delin that's causing the problem or it's you that's causing the problem because you are framing things in a way that is not good faith and so then you like here here's a good example uh i think it was Cardin that said this i remember he had a friend that came out to him and he's like yeah i'm gay and he's like yeah Okay, that's that's okay. And he's like, "Whoa, you're still my friend." Yeah, yeah. This is. And he I got just that. don't buy that argument at all. Oh, I do. Well, well, uh, he, yeah. Cardin may be totally cool to this guy, but hey, Cardin. Oh, no. I I'm saying people work themselves up to think their family's going to hate them, and oh, either I, I, and, and, I agree and, with and, and it's that. not and it's not nearly as bad as they work themselves up, and and they got worked up because they were hearing stories and stuff or they were seeing screenshots of other people's family or because they're reading into things and they're mind reading or they like just bad relationship advice. Right. Like I don't think the ex Mormon space gives very good relationship advice, I guess is what I'm trying to say. There are bad experiences that people have, but then there's other people that I'd say they're more unique though. I, well, I, again, I, I take the I people out of it right. and the individual experiences out of it. In that sense, I say, Cardin, can this gay guy get married? Your, your buddy, can he get married? It's like, no, we love gay people. You guys are just making this up that we're like anti-gay. It's like, do you think he can get married? And do you think he'll be in heaven forever, forever with his family? It's like, well, no. It's I'm like, just saying the gay person's going to have to go through something similar that I went through. Like, cause that's the hard part. The hard part is telling your family you're leaving the church. So another good example is if you ask somebody, a Mormon, do you believe that your gay buddy's marriage is sinful? 
like this isn't an ex-mormon framing this is just us calling them to stand up for their beliefs and then when yeah they do it hurts yes and but it's as if you're gonna if you are gonna talk to Cardin's buddy are you gonna tell him if Cardin doesn't accept you then he hates you or are you gonna tell him Cardin doesn't believe the same things as you and it doesn't he doesn't have to believe the same things as you for you to go and go marry your partner like like it, it's better i think to try to tell people hey be resilient and be comfortable in your own skin and encourage them and and to help them let people that have those religious beliefs have those religious beliefs with like i don't understand why there's this expectation I think is unreasonable. I don't, it's kind of like a preparing your kid for the road versus preparing the road for the kid there until not very long ago, a lot of people thought that being gay was a sin. And I understand that it's moving really fast right now, but I think it's unfair to expect people to flip like that. Like it's just, not going to happen and so to frame it in a way that is evil in some way it's like no it's just i don't know the so i i would say i agree you should say be tough and resilient because people are not going to be flipping this is an issue that's slowly moving and you're not going to have everyone agree with you so be tough and resilient but then i'd also say like i I'd also say it's very common for people to say and actually do believe this, that they do love you and they care about you in good ways and they'll deny that you have a legitimate marriage. And I, I just feel like I'm not the one creating this. The, I, I think they're trying to blame that on me and or people like me for saying, this creates a bad dynamic between you and your friend of like, you're denying his spouse and his marriage, which is one of the most important things to him. I think that's just the way that that's a problem that they're causing. I don't think that's a framing problem on our end. I, I, the framing problem on our end is maybe saying, therefore, Cardin's a horrible person. But the reality is, I think that's going to hurt their relationship. Like anyone that doesn't believe that my marriage to my wife is legitimate is like, even if they're my best friend, I'm gonna be like, bro, we're not like, we can't be the best friends that we used to be because like the thing that's most important in my life is my spouse. And you're totally um, like rejecting that whole thing. Yeah. But, no, that's fair. I guess there's just an extra layer of like, they're framing it in a negative light and it's not negative. Um, so, so there's like this expectation. People, no, I, I mean, I feel like I see that. I, I see that on John DeLynn's show quite a bit where like something that could be totally benign is like putting this weird framing. I'm like, really? That's a thing? Like, I don't know. Let's say like church basketball, like, oh, these kids playing church basketball. They're, they're creating this environment where if you're not athletic, you're not worthy or, or you're not a, uh, oh. You know, stuff like that, where I'm like, okay, I agree that this framing, you obviously have a bias looking at everything. 
Right. And I guess all I'm saying is that when your grandpa doesn't accept your gay marriage or your parents don't accept your gay marriage to just accept that, like, (laughs) this is a path that you're, that's part of the road. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't have, it's not your parents' fault that they believe that. (laughs) Oh, well, and that's why I'm, I find it's not the Mormons church fault that they believe that either. No, that is that I a hundred percent think. What is the Mormon church? The Mormon church to me is the doctrine. And how did that come to be? Are are you saying the church is the people? Yeah. Well, I mean, what else is it? I mean, fine. I mean, that's true, but it's people that have passed away and have left stuff written down. And now is uh, is also the leadership, but I attack that to me, it's like in this analogy, I would say it's like, I am telling the people, is it to prepare for the road and I'm trying to patch the road. That's fine. You can, I, I think that's, um, that's the hero story, right? Is to, is to rescue the father and, but that's not exactly what you're doing because you're not trying to rescue the church. <laughs> no, no, I'm trying to rescue the people that are getting harmed by the church by, like, basically, if I, I, I see either the church getting less dogmatic or less fundamental and or people leaving the church. And again, I could like it's easier if I have like specific like someone in my life that's causing a problem because of their faith. AKA like, let's say Cardin and his friend, like if Cardin left the church and that friend's relationship with Cardin would be healed. Because the reason that Cardin was, ha- and I feel bad even bringing him up in this. Yeah, but like, I, I don't, I'd be honest. I, I think Cardin probably has fine relationships with gay people. He lives in California. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It, it's not even so much about, like I've had disagreements on family members about this. Like, I think it's a problem, even if, you know, me and let's say my sister have a great relationship. If she holds this belief that I think is fundamentally against me, like, I think that's going to have effects on your relationship, even if you don't want it to. I disagree, because I think I can drink coffee, and they think that's fundamentally wrong, and I still have fine relationships with, like, and I drink alcohol, and I still have fine relationships with my family. Like, So this it, is where we get, like, what if I say the, the opposite? What do you mean? As in, like, I feel an issue with those things with my family. Um, that's true. And, and if you take out the thing that I don't believe in, which I think is false, if you take that out of the equation, then all that other stuff is fixed. I mean, of course, like other problems can emerge, but then you start fighting those uh, issues as they come. But hmm. to me, I just, there's this false thing, which whatever people want to have their false this is like the christopher hitchens like let them play with their toys i don't agree with that at all because i just believe that the world is not isolated like that Hmm. do you think that your family is much different than my family like do you think it's my family that makes it not an issue or do you think it's i think it's probably both it's it's me and you are different and our relationships to our family are different Hmm. but i i also just think there's plenty of evidence if you watch Mormon stories, for example, like, and even back in the day, Mormon stories of like people having real problems. Like, it's not just because of this ex-Mormon framing. In a lot of cases, they weren't even a Let part of the ex-Mormon. 
I think you're right. I'm just trying to say that I think the ex-Mormon framing is part of the problem sometimes. Okay. All right. Yeah. And I'll, I'll agree with that. Yeah. And I, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't try to put all of the blame on one side or the other ever. I, I don't think that's reality at all. Like, well, I, I think I, that... I just think that it's unhelpful. It's unhelpful to be uncharitable. And I feel like that happens a lot. And I, I understand that it happens on the faithful side too, but I don't have a voice for the faithful side. You know what I mean? Like, and I, if anybody is faithful, that's watching this, like, I think anybody, I, I don't know. I don't think anyone did disagree with that. Like, don't be uncharitable. Right. And anyways, I don't know. Like I, so I agree. I say, I think the ex Mormon community is pretty uncharitable and if we're going to blame it on anybody, I would say it's the woke crowd for the victim narrative. Um, mm -hmm. Like, I, I think that that is kind of the reason the ex-Mormon community has this, um, you know, frames it this way, and it does cause problems. So I, I agree that the ex-Mormon community could do a better job framing, but I don't buy the idea that that's the, the source of the problem. I think the source of the problem is beliefs that Mormons have that are issues. Hmm. I was going to say problematic, but that's a triggering word. So I know, right? <laughs> you do have to be careful about the words you use. Sometimes I use them anyway. They're useful sometimes. They have beliefs that are problems. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse at this point. <laughs> been a good conversation. Uh, sorry. It's been kind of, scatterbrain i usually have like an outline that i write out and i didn't do that this time i apologize no, fun. and I'll, I'll let you know if any other uh hansons start youtube channels so you can make sure you hit all of them that is true that's funny all right well thank you cool. so cool. if anyone wants to go check out forest channel latter-day skeptic uh it should be good good visit so thanks for the time cool thanks <laughs>